You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Radio Show, recording live down here in downtown Batuta. Now, Errol has made his way down to Canberra. He's trying once again, hopefully not in vain, to get us inside the Canberra Press Gallery. They've turned us back several times now. They don't want us in there. They don't want us tearing the lid off uh, everything that is Australian politics, and it's in their best interest to keep us out of there. So good luck to you, Errol. Uh, hopefully you can find a backdoor into that building, but that doesn't look likely at this point. Um, so that means I'll be running the show alone today, and I'm joined by a guest who uh, we've been wanting to get on for a while. He's, he's going to speak to a lot of uh, different topics today because he's a multifaceted man. He's been described as the Polynesian Gary V. <laughs> he, he's in fashion. He's an, an, an ex-NRL player, an ex, I guess you could say, representative footballer. Yeah, definitely played for the Kiwis, yeah. Played for the Kiwis. And, uh, and of course, he's in the media world himself. Uh, thank you for joining us, Isaac John. Thanks for having me on, bro. The don't realize, man. Don't realize how deep your voice is until it's, you've got the headphones on. Yeah, yeah. I can, and I can, I can, I can get in real close and do these ones, <laughs> or I can, or I can get back and go full commercial radio like this. But uh, you know, this is just the this is the world we're in, mate. This is media. You've got your different uh, techniques, and 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 we're all learning this ourselves because we're definitely um, not signed to any kind of major uh, radio station. We're we're in the podcast game. We're doing it ourselves. Uh, it's all independent. You've, you've been in this how long now yourself? With podcasting? That? Yeah, podcasting. Um, individually podcast. I've been going for about two years now. Mm-hmm. I initially just started off the back of like we're doing Q&A vlogs and now mm-hmm. kind of like our highest performing content. Um, saw a bit of a space there and started just doing it. I just kind of wanted to interview business people mm-hmm. and sort of gravitated away from that because uh, you sort of talk to pretty much all the same people after a while yeah. and kind of really small market for that. So just started doing a little bit of football and then sort of had this idea for YKTR Sports and yeah, yeah we just we're in a position now where we've got a few different things that we talk about. Yeah, you've got a few you've got a fair bit of talent, a few different shows. Yeah, it's cool. Tell us I want to go back to the start. You're from um the sulfur plains of uh Rotorua, <laughs> Tokoroa. Yeah, that's it. It's actually a town that really does punch above its weight in terms of sporting exports. Oh, fucking oh. Fucking so oh. who have you like who have you got you've had I don't know, I wouldn't know how many All Blacks, but... but. Oh, so, like, probably some of the more well-known ones around sort of my time. Kevin Milamu, yeah. Richard Kahui, very yeah. good-looking bloke as well. Um, had a guy called Sean Maitland, who's playing for Scotland and British Lions right yeah. now, won comps of Crusaders, who's my best mate growing up. Quay Cooper, who was our mm-hmm. other best mate growing mm-hmm. up. And then in terms of league talent, myself, uh, Joseph Manu and Zane Tedavano. So, yeah. in terms of a town that's got 10,000 people, yeah. um, we've done all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's not, not including the... You know the pre kind of um, Walter Little <laughs> and pre sports science footballers as well. There would have been a bunch of you know, bunch of All Blacks they pulled off the farm too. Yeah, hundred percent. So what was the story there? Your family Cook Islander uh, and Maori background. There's a huge Cook Islander population in that part of the world in, of New Zealand, and that and where does that date from? Where, where, where did that uh, migration wave start? Uh, there was a mill that was opening up at the time, and yeah. I don't know how many cookies were there at the time, but mm. basically they've just gone. Hey guys, there's a bunch of work here, and you want to come live the dream in New Zealand? Let's come to Tokoroa. And at yep. the time, there there was like a lot of work. So my dad was one of those people. Timber, he was in timber. Tim, yeah, and um, I don't actually know. I know he works in the mill. So yeah, basically, yeah. what my mum used to say is like, if you don't work hard in school, you're going to end up in the mill, just yep. like everyone else. So basically, everyone. 
in my town either works in forestry chopping down trees or whatever they do with those logs in that mill yeah. they can turn it into pulp and paper and four by four and I don't, I don't actually know because I never ended up out there but that's what my dad done he's always done it um, works 12 hour shifts his whole life yeah. yeah and just never really complained about it and I kind of just knew I'd, I didn't want to do that though mm. And did you think sport was always going to be avenue out? Uh, my dad was always my coach as well, a yeah. big, big football fan. So he's my coach from 5 to 16. We had a super stacked side when I look back on it now. So obviously, like me and Quaid were in the halves, and we, yeah. like he went on to play for Wallabies. I've yeah. gone on to play for the Kiwis and whatnot. So we were stacked there. I reckon from like 6 to 15, we would have lost about maybe five games. Mm. Like, yeah. Really? And like we were like small town, like and mm. everyone sort of knew who we are because we weren't coming from a big town. But we mm. always had skillful players. And to be fair, me and Quay probably weren't even the best players in our team. Yeah. Um. We had guys that you know when you physically develop a lot quicker. Me and Quay were very small. Always the most competitive. But yeah, yeah we had this. We had a couple guys, probably three or four that yeah. could have gone close or, or thereabouts. I wouldn't say they would have made it because that always comes back to work work ethic. But yeah. they hit a hit, um, head start on us easily. Were there some kids that you saw? That were better than all of you. That yeah, just we had a couple. That, just didn't have that kind of factor that would have gotten them out. Um, it's like when you're in a small town, man. Yeah. Small town syndromes are yeah, a, yeah. a thing. Like you start drinking a little bit earlier. You're like yeah. 13, 12, 13, 14 drinking. Mm. I remember, mean, like my mom works at a primary school, and she said so they found someone with weed on them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. So you do things a little bit early. Start having sex a little bit earlier, yeah, and yeah. if you get caught up in that party scene like that, Have kids a bit earlier. My my best mates back home now that like, their kids are rolling into high school and intermediate they were having kids 16 17 yeah, yeah, right. and they've got like three or four kids yeah out of my super close mates there i'm probably the only one that doesn't yeah yeah you know a town full of people that work hard and they play hard and they and they and they train hard but you've also got i imagine a, a bit of trouble too like, yeah, like in any rural town so you've got a i imagine a few motorcycle enthusiasts in the <laughs> in in the region yeah that's a put it that way no it was a town that was good like we, we were a black power town yeah um like crip town like, yeah 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 so you could only really wear black or blue yeah. if you wore red just got to get ready to fight for they no, get the for no reason yeah. yeah so it sounds sounds stupid over here but mm. like when we were growing up that was kind of like the real thing so yeah. and then we we're getting we're getting guys that were 17 and 18 getting it's called getting patched up so yeah. they go for initiation I don't know what they have to do obviously so the street gangs are kind of emulated off the American, American stuff very then similar the, then the big boys are riding yeah. motorbikes that's it yeah. and, and, and it's changed now because obviously they're m- a bit more like organised crime back yep. then it was kind of just like standover and, and like this little boys club mm. but I remember when I was five years old I was a ball boy my uncle he looked after our we had like an under six rep team for like South Waikato and I remember he was in the black power and he yeah. was my uncle and then I remember there was this massive fight down at the local oval and he goes go to the back of my car um, open up the boot and just wait there and I remember I'm five years old because I I remember kindergarten I remember a lot of things got a photographic memory that way I remember standing there and him and his three mates and they're all black power come running around the corner and I'm just standing by the car and he's like get the fuck out the way get the fuck out the way flips open the bottom of the boot like there's a mat on top and they grab these baseball bats and and then three mongrel mobs start running around the corner and these boys are just trying to whack each other with baseball bats and my mom's just going get out of there get out of there so that's the kind of town it was yeah 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 Um, um, but in saying that, like I didn't grow, I didn't grow up rough. My parents, yeah. my dad was my coach. Yeah. Uh, if I got, a, if I fucked up at school, I was going home to get like. But you, intro- did, you did have the uncle. <laughs> yeah, I did have the uncle, and and I did see stuff around me as well. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that, we had we had the highest youth suicide rate in, in the country. Yeah. So, mm. um, like we we seen a lot of things when yeah. we were younger, and like when I talk about them now to other people, they're like, "Fuck, that's crazy." Yeah. But you, you just kind of grow up how you grow up. And you, and I guess it's probably not much of a shock entering the NRL 
And because, you know, you, you're surrounded by a lot of kids who come from, you know, low socioeconomic areas or rough towns and, and, and rough suburbs. They're usually the better players too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Just because they've been for a bit more or what? Maybe they're just more desperate to get out and get into it. Mm. When, when did you realize, you know, you start moving into fashion and media and, you know, you're hanging out with Pip Edwards and you're hanging out with, you know, <laughs> you're in the eastern suburbs and you're doing all that. Boys of Mark Boris and yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then you... You accidentally bring up one of those yarns, and someone goes, "What the fuck?" You, yeah. you know, like, do you find that a little bit too? You, you sometimes, or, um, are, you, are you good? At, are you good at walking in both worlds? I think, I think, like you said, I can sort of roll up and sort mm. of plant myself in any situation and yeah. be okay. Like, I can yeah. talk to gang members because yeah. I've, I've talked to them in the past. I, I can sit in a business room with people that are worth fucking X amount and hold my conversation because I feel like I know what I can talk about. So, yeah, like, I don't like I don't hide from the fact yeah. that's the way I've grown up because yeah. I wouldn't change a single thing about how mm-hmm. I've done it. Um, but, yeah, like, sometimes you don't really sort of roll into those types of conversations yeah. like straight away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. my uncle's in the black power. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, and no. I was no, standing yeah. by the I, did, I will admit I did a bit of prying here to get you to the, tell that young. Yeah, yeah. But this then- is this is this is our like the town that we grew up. So so me me Quade and that we kind of went to like a, more more of a white school. So yeah. it was called Cargill and it was a bit nicer and mm. um, we we're sort of on the outskirts of town. But like a couple of years before, like my brother when they were there, um, primary schools used to go have fights with other primary schools. So there was this place <laughs> called Rock Park. Mm. <laughs> when I look at primary school kids, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's this place called Rock Park, and you might have a Strathmore School versus Central School rock up, yeah. and then sometimes if they're outnumbered, like you, could, all right, we're just going to pick our five best fighters versus your five best fighters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please, please stick to these rules. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and this is primary school, and I remember intermediate. So there used to be two intermediates there, Tainui and Toke Intermediate, and Toke was a lot bigger. But then they used to do the same as well. But I remember Tainui rocked up and only had like five fighters. And they're like, yes, we grab your best five one. Let's just have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you start them young. Start yeah. them young. And, then, and then, you know, a lot of those kids end up, as you said, losing six matches in, in 10 years of junior football. You know yeah, that's I mean? cool. And like the guys that didn't make it, they still play football now. And yep. they're obviously the best players on the park by yeah. country mile. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's, when you talk about it, it mm. seems funny, but when you're just growing up, you're just like, oh, this is just our life. Yeah, yeah, that was just it. Tell us about the transition moving to – you actually went to the Warriors. So yeah. you, you didn't – there wasn't too much of like a, a you know, cross-Tasman thing going on. You just you just fly to Australia for games, uh, right? Yeah, so Australia was like the mecca. Of like, yeah. But I was actually signed to Parramatta before I went to the Warriors. So yeah. from like 15 to 17, I was there. And I used to actually stay in the Scopes house. Yeah, right, so right. So his parents used to look after five, six players. And um, so I used to go hang out at his house all the time because they were a bit more Kiwi than the Aussie guy I was staying with. So that's Justin Horro. Justin Horro, yeah. yeah and, and you guys kind of came through together then. Oh, not really. Yeah. Like I just knew him. I've known him since that age. Yeah. So it was like he was a little bit older. He's about three years old. Older than me, so I was like 17. I used to come over the training camps, yep. and there was another guy who was 17 years old that couldn't go out, so we used to hang out all the time. And guess yeah. who it was? It was Hainsey, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, so <laughs> like I didn't know Hainsey was a gun, so we used to just sit in this room, wait for the boys to come home, and we'd yeah. be talking about like random shit, like yeah, footy. Yeah. And, and then like next year, he was playing for like Australia, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, shit, okay. I know that dude. And then you went back to New Zealand, yeah. So they had like Chris Keating, Trent Hawkinson, who yep. were probably a little bit ahead of me in terms yep. of development, um, and then Tony Iro, who was a Cook Islander guy, he, he knew that I'll sign with these guys over here um, and then my, uh, I finished off my high school there and I was meant to come to Parramatta I ended up just going to the Warriors because they had a 20, 20s competition starting and I was training with first grade straight away so yeah. Um, yeah I was sort of sort of primed to be that sort of next guy in there so it was cool I'm interested to know what it's like for a league player in Auckland 
Like what you? I mean, it's I'll, quite. You, you'd be like in in the Waikato, all those more smaller towns. You go like Huntley, Nutawahia. Yeah, yeah. They're all very league dominant. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of league. I, mean, I know there's a lot of league in um in New Zealand, and it's very much a similar kind of demographic to here. You know, it's like. You know, the similar type of suburbs are playing league and um, similar type of towns, particularly country towns, are playing league too up north. But what's it like in terms of profile? Because, you know, the yarn is boys want to be an all-black, girls want to marry one. Yeah. What's it like uh, as a warrior rolling around Auckland? Oh, I don't know, man. We, we like, <laughs> So when I, when I first got to the Warriors, this guy there called Wade McKinnon mm-hmm. and Gunn, like, yeah. and he, he just rolled into the prime of his career. And he was the first sort of Aussie guy I sort of knocked about with that would like – like had so much confidence as like he was rocking up to like you know Shortland Street. <laughs> Not familiar. <laughs> so Shortland Street is like the home and away version over here. So yeah. when I've grown up, I'm looking at Auckland like it's fucking Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a show called Shortland Street. Terrible acting. Yeah, yeah. Story yeah. for another good, time. good little soap opera. Yeah, good little. And it's on <laughs> seven o'clock every night, so it's a part of your tradition growing up. And my mum used to always watch it. And he was this hot chick on there, and she was at the first very promo that we we're at. And Wayne McKinnon just rocks up to her and goes, "Hey, like, what's up?" And I was just sitting there going, holy fuck. Yeah, and he that's goes, like hey. the dream girl. Yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty much. And he just goes, oh, let's go for a date tomorrow. Let me grab your number and I'll, I'll give you a text later. She's like, yeah, sweet. And I was going, fuck, this is different. Yeah, this is yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like the thing with union boys, they're very protected. Yeah. Um, they've got that squeaky clean image yeah. in and around them. Like I didn't even know the All Blacks boys used to get loose and stuff yeah, until yeah. I started meeting them like recently where like the footy boys and, and Quaid calls them like, oh, he's a leaguey. Yeah, yeah. He gets loose. So. It was sort of that 2006-2007 time where we used to sort of go to this place called Pony, which is underneath a strip club, mm-hmm. um, and just used to party around just, there. You'd stay down there, though. Yeah. <laughs> You'd stay underneath. Don't go up top. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't uh, have, I wouldn't have the money to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. But you think the NRL, the, the, the NRL players over there are just as kind of exposed? and They like, are. They and, yeah. and we had 20s comp, and our games were televised every single day. Yeah, like, yeah. Over there, they might know one of the schoolboys and, like, like first 15 is massive over there yeah. and then if you make New Zealand schoolboys it's, it's the equivalent of making the All Blacks so yeah. people might know those dudes but we're on Sky Sports yeah. just before the Warriors every single time so everyone knew who we were so yeah. we had probably a bit more of an advantage over, over those guys as mm. well so in terms of like leverage and stuff like that not saying that we were better than them but people knew who we were so tell me then you've got quite an unorthodox career in football mm. uh, Parramatta as you said didn't end up playing great at Parra, but you spent a bit of time there, met all those young bucks. Came back, did did Warriors for how many years? Three years. Three years, the Warriors. Oh, no, probably four or four. Th- maybe four. Four but four years would have felt like a long time at that age, oh, too, because it it's your first too. job. And then you went to England. Mm. What was what, what was the thinking there? Um, so Ivan Clary signed at Penrith Panthers. We yeah. brought on a guy called Bluey McLennan. In 2011, all three grades. The year before, I just signed a three-year extension. So Ivan goes, oh, we want you to be like sort of the next guy. We've got Shawnee Johnson coming through as well. Yeah. It's going to be like 7-6. Then now was, and like I went good as a youngster as well. Played a few NRL games. Um, we won five in a row, and I got a lot of credit for that. Yeah. And then in my sixth game, we played Penrith, and Petro 7 Seaver dived at my leg and done my ACL. Yeah, right. Um, come back the next year. Jimmy Maloney wasn't playing as well, and they're like, oh, we want you to come in. Rolled up, sprained my ankle. Yep. This was against the Tigers, my first game back. So I've gone from ACL to sprained ankle until Shawnee Johnson killing it. Yep. So I kind of got weeded out at the back of that. But yeah, that, yeah, that reputation he's made at Shaw kind of thing. Yeah, going on well, I think I was, man. So yeah. Some of the injuries I got. And then like, um, so the week before the grand final was a Wednesday, Blue McLennan come up to me. He goes, oh, do you want to have a chat? I'm like, yeah, cool. So he took me to the scene. He goes, 
like I had three, two more years or three more years left on my contract. So, 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 so you, le- you so you left Warriors and signed how many years with Wakey? Well, no, I went to Wakefield. I went yeah. to England. Yeah, but yeah. like this, like I still had two years running on my NRL contract. Yeah. And he goes, oh, there's not going to be a spot for you here. Yeah, right. And like this is like three days before the grand final. So okay. I was trying to get over to Australia. Yeah. Um, but there's all the salary cap had gone. Yeah. Um, and then basically England Wakefield come through and doubled my money. Yeah. You know, fuck, we want you here for three years. Yeah, right. Went over there, didn't quite work out. And ended up back at Penrith. How, how, what that would have been the culture shock in oh, your career. Yeah, the North of England. <laughs> Tell me about it. it fucking sucks. <laughs> I still bag it now. Everyone says it. Mate. Willie Mason said the same thing oh, to us. He goes, "It places fucking like, shit." Like I've come from like Tuckerall, like yeah. not, not the most glamorous place in the world. Moved to Auckland. You know what I mean? And then like, but and saying it like the people were great. They all they were. Like people are all time, like best humor. Like you can sit there, talk shit, cheap beers. Yeah, like, you, you need to do something to stay warm and and, yeah. and happy. And yeah. they've got beer and banter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of football, like I started well there, and then the coach got really off me. Yeah, and then he was just trying to give me the shittest jobs. Like I had yeah. to, I had to be at training like six thirty in the morning doing extras. I had to hold all the pads. There was this guy called Sean Briscoe who had this like bent nose. I had to emulate like players that we were playing against, and he'd always duck. Yeah. So I remember running back and then like fake ducking. He goes, nah, I need you to duck properly. Duck properly straight into someone's knee. And it's had, he just, yeah, right. you know when you apply pressure to trying to weed someone out? That's a bit like bit, So you were a bit like OJ Simpson in, uh, uh, you know, when he when he went to Buffalo. That's <laughs> yeah, what it was. Pretty you, much. You, you, had the, you just weren't connecting with your coach. Nah, nah. nah. And then um, like so he was just trying to weed me out. And same thing. So I've gone from having a three-year contract, rolled over there, three-year contract. And I actually got, I go, oh, if you want me gone, you got to pay me this or yeah. else I'm not leaving. But in, in the back, I knew Ivan was trying to sign me to get back to Penrith because yeah, right. always had a great relationship with Ivan. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I sort of weaseled my way out of that and got paid and then um, signed with Penrith. You got paid out? Oh, most of it, but yeah. they're fucking dodgy. Yeah, like yeah. they're like, oh, we'll give it to you for different payments. Yeah. So they gave me the first one and then the next three they were meant to come through, they weren't coming. So I, was, I threatened to sue them because yeah. they're super dodgy over there, bro. Yeah, right. It's like, they'll go, Today's gate attendance, like yeah. 5,600, but there's actually 8,000, so yeah, they're yeah. cashing them under the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's some dodgy shit it's like that. It's the opposite right? of what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fucking yeah. crazy, yeah. right? So that's, that's Over here, we're, 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 we're exaggerating the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> Roosters versus fucking Melbourne. <laughs> 40,000. <000. laughs> it's crazy experience, but it was kind of like I've gone from not being wanted to not being wanted to mm. like, this is basically your last chance. Yeah, yeah. So I rocked up to Ivan minimum wage um, on matchies yeah. train my ass off I, I was already training my ass off so I landed here super fit yeah the, the day I, the last day of training over there was one of the coldest days in Yorkshire history it was minus yeah. 14 degrees <laughs> my first day at training it was the last like just before round one you have a big touch up session so yeah. that was my first session there back, and it, back in yeah. Penrith and it was 42 degrees, yeah, so yeah. I've gone it's from- out in the west. <laughs> and it's dry as fuck. So I've gone from this massive minus 16, 48-hour- Playing on snow. Yeah, 48-hour <laughs> flight. Yeah. Uh, oh, like 36-hour flight, landed, had a sleep, and then obviously you go to a new club, but like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll train. Yeah. Like, just want to like put your best foot forward, and it was like 42 degrees, and I was way out the back, like, of everything. And it wasn't out of fitness, it was just fucking couldn't climatize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What's this dry heat?" Yeah, yeah, that's and that's three different kind of um, climates you've played in, really. New Zealand, over yeah. the North England, and then and like, you f- like obviously you want to 
good, your first impression to be like to be great. So I'm like out the back and just going, "Fuck, what have we signed this guy for?" <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have just slept off the jet lag, come yeah. in a couple of days later. And and the thing about that year is like it's probably the best footy I've ever played because yeah. I knew my back was against the yeah. wall. Played like the first six games in reserves. Yeah, rolled up. We played Melbourne. We we're paying eleven dollars at home. It's like a Friday night or something or yeah. Saturday night. Obviously, they had the big three and everyone and beat them. So yeah, right. Yeah, so. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Next week, played the Warriors. Um, I scored a hat trick. Yeah, right. right. Okay, that's a good. That's a good return to form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and of course with Ivan. So yeah. and then next week we played um, St George at Cogra and we're the first team they ever nil them. So we've I've, I've rolled back and then so the boys have been losing. Yeah. I've come through. We've run three in a row. I've scored a hat trick against yeah. my old team. We've pumped them sixty four something, and then we beat and then re-signed for a couple more years straight away. Oh. Beauty. That's you love to hear it. Yeah, it's cool. It was cool. Where did the business now come into it all? Um, so obviously you talked about being made of chalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically yeah, yeah. that that was it. So I've done my ACL. Obviously when you were twenty playing football, you think the world revolves around you. Yeah. Um, had a guy named Michael Luck, one of the great North Queenslanders. Yeah. When you looked at Lucky, he was kind of like Dallas Johnson, like his head was always in the wrong place, getting knocked out. He played this game, you almost think he'd be fucking dumb. Yeah. But when you talk to him off it, he just knew everything about everything. Yeah. And I was like, bro, why, why are you so smart? He goes, oh, I read books all the time. Yeah, and right. he, like, he said he always had insomnia, so he just spent that time learning and learning. And he gave me my first three books to read. So you, I mean, obviously, you know, you said sport was the focus for you growing up. And you hadn't really just sat down and read. I and mean, what are we talking? We're not talking novels. We're talking kind of, you know, yeah, so history. Oh, no, nah, no. Nah. So I'll start with uh, autobiographies, yeah, obviously, because yeah. that's what you relate to easier. So I was reading mm. about, like, it's not about the bike before. Obviously, yeah. you got all this shit caught with, you know <laughs> what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I knew. Lance. He, yeah. go, he goes, oh, are you going to be on a bike for the next four months? You might, might as well learn about cycling and read this book. And yeah. then I forgot what the other ones he sort of gave me. I think they were just I'm super sure Tyson random. Tyson was in there. <laughs> yeah, my Tyson was yeah. a good one. Yeah. That's a crazy story, yeah. eh? So really started to enjoy reading. And obviously when you, and like I was, I was smart at school. Yeah. Uh, my mom used to always say, if you don't do well in school, you can't play football. Yeah. But my dad was my coach. So it was just weird little balance. So mm. I'd always do enough to get by just so I could play football. Um, so like education and learning was kind of pushed on me when I was a little bit younger. But then once I got into reading, um, you should have just, you start with autobiographies, kind of get bored and then mm. you move into like different stuff. And then obviously self-development and mm. business and, yeah, kind of just grew from there. And by the time I finished football, we did about 100 books. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's and and I always got injured. always got injured. I was like, oh, fuck it. This is my time to read. Yeah, okay. I haven't really heard that kind of story before in terms of, you know, you work on your kind of business sense and your, and your professional developments based on injuries in rugby league. I mean, I don't know if anyone else has that story. Nah. Yeah. 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 And at the time, I was just like, I was looking for something to do. And mm. like, you play PlayStation, like, fuck, get bored. Mm. Do a binge series, get bored. And yeah. Yeah, so that was just my sort of thing. And it, when it always felt good after I read. Like, you know, when you exercise, you feel good. Yeah. It's sort of that, like, breaking the mental sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you feel part of your brain working too. You just feel, you feel just as good by mm. reading and stuff. So it's cool. So, so tell me then, when was the first time you, you know, organized an ABN? When was the first business oh. you had a crack at? <laughs> so, like, 
And if it wasn't legal, you don't have to bring it up. Nah, so <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. So uh, like- um, Selling scalp tickets in North England. <laughs> <laughs> like you actually get a fucking laugh out of this. So one of the, that's not my first business I started. I, I knew I wanted to start something. I just didn't know what it was. So I was just trying to do all the cliche, cliche shit. Mm. So one of the first things, and I was big into online courses as well. Yeah. So I was doing like Ty Lopez courses and stuff yeah. like that. And one of the first things I learned about was drop shipping. Yeah, right. Yeah, so like um, if anyone doesn't know what drop shipping is, it's basically like you sell a product, you don't own the inventory and as soon as someone buys it you send it off from like Amazon or yeah. a print on demand t-shirt so I remember sitting on like Instagram and I was like fuck all I see is chicks like with dogs like yeah. how's he like, like dogs t-shirts and there was yeah. so I went onto this website and in America and they were, it looked like they were killing it so that looks like they were selling a dog t-shirt every like 15 seconds because this little notification thing yeah, would pump yeah, up yeah, yeah. I go fuck these guys must be killing it so what I did I started a dog page on Facebook and mm. off the back of that Facebook page I used to retarget people with dog t-shirts and mm. my biggest selling demographic was like 40 to 50 year old chicks in Texas yeah yeah so yeah right <laughs> that was my first business <laughs> <man>. <laughs> and, and, and like um, I jumped on Canva and I had this dog thing and I just flipped it around and the page was called the upside down dog yeah right <laughs> That, and that was it. Yeah. That was it. That had nothing to do with what you were doing. Nothing at all. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, like we, we kind of started YKTR. Like we were just printing t-shirts on like mm-hmm. um, AS color and going down to Parramatta and just wearing them. Yep. Um, so we were getting a couple sales through there. And our first sale was like, oh, if you want to buy a t-shirt, email me here at Isaac at like. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's how we didn't know what Shopify was. So YKTR is an all-encompassing brand now. It covers all of your media kind of stuff, all your podcasts. Um, and but but it did start with the fashion side. Yeah, uh, um, you, you say fashion, and like I, I know a lot of people say that about me. But apparel, I, maybe apparel's a better I, word. Lifestyle brand. I'll yeah, say like, lifestyle brand because yeah, people yeah. Uh, at the start, people just get angry at me because we were selling out. But they, but they'd been to the design school and and yeah. like they're like this ain't fashion. And I was like, yeah, I yeah, know. Like I'm not trying to be like fashionable. I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to make t-shirts that look cool for yeah, us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we'd start out as apparel. Um, so I, that you, the story is there. You were all living together? Yeah, so me, Chico, and Normie used to live together. Okay, so that's Seguiaro and Corey Norman. Corey Norman. Some of the um, more polished NRL stars <laughs> that, 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 that exist in the public, in the yeah. public eye. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. And, like, we were, it was weird. Like, I was always with those boys, but I never seemed to get in trouble with yeah. them. Like, I always sort of had that autopilot. Like, even when I was drunk, yeah. I knew, like, if I fucked up, I'm going to home get yeah. a hiding from Dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was sort of my mentality so yeah. I never really got in trouble with them but the best things about those two boys like I put up a post last night and I said like fuck it let's do it like that should be the vocab of some of your friends yeah. and that's what that's what they were and are yeah, and yeah. we are just like why don't we just like we used to say you know the rules around the house or like yeah. are you going to get a chick over tonight like yeah. oh come, come on bro you know the rules or yeah. Norm's you reckon you use a win tonight or come on bro you know the rules and yeah. you've got abbreviated to YKTR and then we used to write it on chicks' photos, and like one of the chicks we used to write them on was like Pia Miller, like yeah, yeah, yeah. just basically go, oh, like we're keen on her, yeah, but yeah. never had a chance, but yeah, yeah we're yeah. keen on her. And then randomly, I just put it on a t-shirt one time and took a photo of it and sent it to the boys, and like fuck it, let's do it. So we done like twenty, thirty t-shirts, mm. sold them to the boys mm. for like twenty five bucks. We're making them for like twenty two bucks. We're yeah. like fuck, we're killing it, yeah, and yeah. kind of just rolled from there, bro. Yeah, yeah, and then and then. And that's been how many years now? Four, four and a bit. Yeah, and and, and they've kept playing the whole time, you know. Yeah, you've, and you you'd kind of wrapped up by then, or you were wrapping up. Um, so I I I had one last year at Manly, mm-hmm. but I was injured the whole time, and I snapped my pec one of my first games back, 
and I was like, fuck it, I'm done. Like, yep. I want to try something else. So I just went all in a white ATR and I was living out of my house in Penrith. I mm-hmm. bought a house while I was playing football and I had a two bedroom. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to live in here, pay interest only on my, on my loan, use the other room for like a storage room mm-hmm. and sort of started from there. And I shipped out my first 4,000 orders from there. Yeah. And I, they were long days, man. They were like 16 hour days and I didn't get paid till 16 months later yep. from like start to thing. And like my first pay was like 350 bucks a week. Yeah. And that was just, an, I think it was 400 bucks and my interest only loan was like 320. So I was living off like 80 bucks a week. So there was this massive like grind phase. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which pre- must have been tough after, you know, the bright lights of footy and, yeah. and the nightclubs and the, you but know. It felt fun. Like yeah. for me, it felt fun. Yeah. And that's why I say when people try and get into business, it's like make sure you're passionate about it. Because if mm-hmm. you don't have that other side, fuck, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we just kind of just grew from there and- yeah, and then obviously I learned about I was doing self development. I was big into Gary V. We started yep. vlogging, which was kind of a big part of how we grew. Yeah, um, and then just listens and listens and so yeah. so basically you create this brand lifestyle brand. The clothing starts, you know, it's a hit. You, you go out in anywhere where you're going to see guys who watch football or, or, or women, and and you see you see that YKTR brand. You see it at the boxing. You see it at the football. You've you found your market there, and you started to take everyone, uh, you know, document it all for everyone and how it was all happening. That's the main marketing ethos. Yeah. And I think anyone that um, loves me or the brand understands that. Because mm. if you go like YouTube, like YKTR vlog number one, you can see our whole journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was at the house I'm talking about, I'm – I think my first 30 or 40 vlogs are in that house. And yeah, yeah. we made enough money to get our very first office in Parramatta. And yeah. then you can show us like moving in. And then we've gone to a bigger office now. And yeah. I don't know, like I'm glad I done it. Yeah. And I didn't understand the importance of it. I did in terms of like getting sales and stuff. Yeah. But like looking back now, it's going to be cool. And I think maybe say 10 years from now, and we've got hopefully the best sports media company in, in the country. And we're yeah. doing a bunch of cool things. Like someone's just going to rip all that footage and put a pretty cool t- yeah, like, yeah. fucking documentary yeah. together yeah 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 so that kind of evolved into a media brand mm. from you know from the social media aspect of you know documenting everything you've done through you know the the rise and rise and then then all of a sudden you've got you know as you mentioned before you know all the boys that have been with you from the start you've got scopes doing his own podcast you've got chicken uh you've got Sigiaro and and Corey coming in and they're doing shows and you've got I mean, you've, you've basically got a network here where you've That's, got all yeah. these followers and you've got all these different yarns and and, and now YKTR is, is more than hoodies and t-shirts, obviously. Yeah. So, like, there was a time where I was like, oh, sh-, and Gary V said this, I'm not taking credit for it, but he goes, you need to see yourself as a media company first. If you yeah. can't, if you can't, like, write, you need to be able to speak. If you can't speak, you want to be in front of, oh, if you can speak, you be in front of video as well. So, and I yeah. kind of had enough data points where I can look back and go, oh, shit, this has worked for us in vlogging. I think I can make this work for somewhere else. So, YKTR Sports was actually built off the back of, like, Fox Sports. Like, yeah. was, there's no alternative to, um, sports media in and around in Australia and yeah. it's always negative it's yeah. always negative so you're a journal the best way you can get open rates is write a negative story and it yeah. doesn't it doesn't have to have to be true yeah which was sad and then you look at Fox Sports there's no one under 30 years old yeah on, on their panels yeah They're hardly anyone Mate, under 40 years under old under 50 you know? even yeah. you look at Buzz Kenty and all those icons and stuff like that it's actually an old man's game it sports is. media and isn't it that 
um, media is great for that type of demographic, yeah. but then you've got kids that are, don't want to play football anymore and yeah. they want to be influencers. Well, there's no there's no media or or um, like podcasts that tailored towards a younger generation yeah. besides Denon. Like Denon's yeah. done it really really well. Yeah. So we've grown up on Matty Johns. Yeah. There's going to be 17, 18, 19 year olds that are growing up on Denon Kemp. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. he tailors towards their type of humor. Yeah. We don't have such a long attention span. Besides the Matty Johns show, great show. We still love it. Everything else is kind of like negative. It's like mm. controversy. Yeah. NRL 360 yeah, yeah. and when you transfer people over from newspaper and when their job is to get open rates through negative stories and you transfer them onto TV aka Paul Ken and Buzz mm. Rothfield they, they know that works so they're going to format that type of content to transfer over to TV and mm. it does work yeah. but there was just nothing else that had this cross correlation between culture and sports mm. like you look at AI's importance Alan Iverson's importance in yeah. terms of the cross between culture and basketball is my favourite sport but I'll never sit there and watch a whole game of basketball because yeah. I, I like everything that comes with it yeah it's I mean hip hop and American sports have that um, Seem, it's they seamless. have that thing where, it's they, where they can cross over and, and American sports do well in kind of you know entering the arts and, um, and, and I think Rugby league might be the one that does that in Australia, where you've got these, you know, young blokes. One four, you got you, yeah. you got the biggest brand and the biggest rap group in Australia, and you got the best team in the NRL right now, and there's a seamless transition there. Yeah. You've got Jerome Lua walking through playing one four. Yeah, and I know the music's probably. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's it's about as raw as the the boys playing football too, though. You know what I mean? You've got but them all. You just got to marry it up somehow. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. gonna get those boys like. Not, no, there's there's video clips on YouTube with millions and millions of views, and there's you know someone in the back wearing a Penrith Panthers jersey you know on, on these that's rap sick. songs and that's and that's the, the that's the two merging whereas I guess you know back in the day you might have had a few rock bands you know come out of Newcastle around the same time as the Knights you yeah. know Screaming Jets and they kind of had that going on there or Powderfinger with with uh, Brisbane and the Broncos and all that kind of stuff but in terms of well you've got clothing and you've got do you know where I see the gap in the market bro so when I look at sports media it's all coverage in and around the game so Saturday mm. Friday to Sunday Fox Sports going to cover it everyone's mm. going to report on it and even like um, Kempi and Roasty and all those sort of guys they do like sort of stats analysis yeah there's a white space on Monday to Friday. Like, yeah. What's Jason Tomalolo fucking doing on the Tuesday on his day off? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to know that shit. Yeah, yeah. What's he eat after a game and how does he feel when he's going through Maccas yeah. after a loss? Mm -hmm. So that's the type of content I do want to own. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I just never wanted to be a sports media company that just sort of sits there and reacts and, and bags and gives mm -hmm. opinion. We will have those types of things, but we're never going to be a gossip column. We're never yeah. going to be, oh, Chad Townsend, maybe signing. Yeah. Like I've, I'm sitting on some information right now yeah. that I could leak and it'll blow up. Yeah. But I want the trust of that player more so that yeah, yeah. I'd rather tell the story after it's already happened. Yeah, we'll like, talk, I don't want we'll to talk about when the mics are off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just, just stuff like that, bro. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So like – um. As much as you don't, you don't view yourselves as journos. That's we're not journos. We're, no. not, we're not. We're not. Um, one of the big things I say when people come in, I say we're not a gossip column either. Yeah, yeah. Like we can get fucking stories or likes or views or whatever we measure um, currency in in terms of social media and those types of things. But I just I don't want to be in that space because yeah. I know what it's like when you got rumors around you. I know, especially like when being around Corey and stuff and all mm. this sort of stuff's been going through. Like, and you know the true story and you're reading the stuff in the paper, mm. like that Latrell Mitchell stuff two years ago or year. In, yeah, you hysterical. Know, yeah. Oh, and just name just dragged through the mud and he's yeah. not doing anything about it. And it's just frustrating because yeah. when you do know these players and the effect it has on their families, yeah. I don't want to contribute to that. I want to yeah. be the guys that storytell and create our own content and around it and make players feel good. Yeah, uh, well, Dean did say that. He could, it's, it's very rare to see in, in media someone backing the player. 
because mm. it's not that's not the model. The model is to, I mean, you're expendable. I guess the player's expendable. The rumors might not be true, but who gives a fuck? Kind of that's the attitude in, from the media. So it is interesting, but it, it also is an age thing. Like mm. you know, there will be a time when you guys are 40, 50, and you're trying to figure out these kids, you know, and who knows what they're into by then. It won't be TikTok. It'll be 10, two-second videos. Of yeah. That. But then, like, I like I pay attention to yeah. it because obviously Gary Vee's my guy and yeah, my yeah. idol. He hangs around, like, TikTok yeah. stars. Yeah, and yeah, you look yeah, at yeah. Dave Portnoy, he's hanging yeah. around. They so, keep, keep your eyes on it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And you hire you hire people that are younger and smarter than you in yeah. those types of places. Mm-hmm. So, like, like I, I'm kind of into crypto and sort of yeah. stuff like that right now. And yeah. like, you try and explain it to people and they just don't want to learn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, no, it's too hard. Like, yeah. cool. I'll, mm. I'll learn and I'll get the benefits off the back of it. Like, I understand TikTok. I understand. Like, I want to know what the new thing is going to be yeah. coming through with this virtual reality. Yeah. Like, because when it does start to happen, there's always business models you can build off the back of it. And, yeah. and I, I think right now I'm a businessman. Like, yeah. I want to see business models. I want to I wanna fucking build cool things and, and fucking monetize off them as well. well you, as ruthless you, as that you're sounds. Doing, well, you're doing that. You know, we've seen your offices. It's like... This isn't all smoke and mirrors, and and you've got quite a setup down there. You've got you know you've got your you've got your clothing to one end. You've got all these you got your polished studios. You got all that going on. What can you recommend to people listening now to jump on? That's coming out of your kind of stable. Um, depends what you want. So if you want, edu- so I see content in two ways: either ed- educational or entertainment. I'm not the first person to ever say this. Um, mm. If you can cross them over, you're going to be like a superstar, yeah. and if you're good looking. But um, <laughs> if you want fuck around entertainment, go listen to Ten and Ken. Got yeah. got Chico, got Corey, got the Scope. Jordan yeah. Semi's a great character. They just sit there and talk shit. Yeah. Um, if you want education, come listen to my stuff as yeah. well. But mm-hmm. then I, I can cross over and do both. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the Ice Project. The Ice Project. Give it in. a plug. Give it a plug. <laughs> it's going good, bro. It's yeah. going good. So yeah. like, I think a lot of people gravitate towards podcast content mm-hmm. right now because mm-hmm. it's easy. Like yeah. you can you can sort of drive and run and, and listen to something. But in terms of that visual content, jump on YouTube. I think yeah. we're dropping a show a day at the moment. Yeah. Some of them are vlogs behind the scenes. Um, I do a show called Inside White KTR, yeah. and they say if me and Simi aren't getting along. I'll fucking talk about it yeah, like yeah. this is what's happening this is why he's been banned for a week and I've cut <laughs> off his clothes supply because he's promised me this so yeah. <laughs> and I talk about like we, we sold out we, we've been selling our clothes fucking quick and there's an mm. ugly side of this where we're, kind of, we're actually losing customers because they're missing out on clothes yeah. and they're, uh, people are going to me like, you're a fucking liar yeah, so yeah. I talk about this I don't personally yeah. put their details out there but I talk about these types of things so I think right now I'm one of the guys that are giving out the most value in terms of um, education and even like sporting content as yeah. well and I I want I've hired on the scope I'll probably hire two more people by the end of this year I'm going to double down on our content because I feel like we do it really really well yeah yeah and and, and the audiences are growing too and you're doing the same thing again as you did with the clothing so um, it'll be interesting to see where YKTR is in 5-10 years but that's where you're at right now yeah I'm pumped I'm pumped yeah no well thanks for joining us thanks for giving us the rundown and uh, yeah as I said not many people have that story coming out of uh, injury sitting on a bike reading a book uh Did you ever do that? Did you ever read while riding? Nah, too busy sweating, bro. <laughs> it was fuck. We had Ru- Ruben. Wi- the, the year I got injured, Ruben Wiki was our um, rehab trainer, yeah. and he was like stupid. Yeah. So yeah, no reading. It's yeah. just fighting demons, bro. Yeah, sitting on the spin bike. <laughs> All right, brother. Exciting. <laughs>